This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Big, big news on the facilities front, and it's all thanks to FedEx Corporation founder Fred Smith and his family from the Daily Memphian City of Memphis, aided by a $50 million donation from the aforementioned Fred Smith, could transfer ownership of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. That's something we need to get into, uh-huh. the possibility of that. We did with Jess there. You and I need to dip into that. To the University of Memphis Foundation and infuse $120 million in state money into stadium renovations, the city, U of M, and the Smith family. Told the Daily Memphian uh, this morning, the Smith family donation frees up cash for FedEx Forms renovations and was pledged with the intent that it unlocks both stadium deals. Uh, we know, as we've touched on, there's still more work to be done. Deal still needs to be cleared by the Memphis City Council. Uh, was briefed this morning and uh, could have a vote on that in the coming weeks. As uh, as Jeff's, Jeff Calkins' column points out over the Daily Memphian, under the terms of the compromise, the city would go ahead and allot $120 million in state money. That's $120 million out of that $350 million in, in cash that we got from the state we've been talking about for so long uh, so that Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium project can proceed. The city of Memphis, and there seems to be a little bit of back and forth yeah, on this. We'll this. see how this one plays mm-hmm. out. Would transfer ownership of the stadium to the University of Memphis Foundation so that the university... Finally, as Jeff puts in parentheses with an exclamation part, and appropriately so, has control over the stadium it calls home. We talked about that with Jess. You know, it's such a disadvantage for Memphis. It certainly is. It's one thing, you know, easy to uh, expect the city and upkeep and, okay, you're you're basically, you know, you're basically renting the place. You're coming in as that. But it's such a disadvantage in this world of college athletics when you don't control the facility that you play in. And so we've talked about that for years and years and uh, the possibility of an on-campus stadium and whether that was feasible and back and forth. And right now it just felt like uh, it has felt for a long time like you were just stuck in that situation. That was better for the city to own it. Remember, they've got other tenants, including the showboats, and uh, unfortunately Memphis would just never have control of it. Uh, this deal possibly transferring over control would be huge for the University of Memphis. And I, I would wonder, and again, there's been some back and forth on just how plausible is that. You know, Do they then, if Memphis gets control of it, 
right? The showboats who we've talked about are a tenant They're of a that tenant, building. Right. Would you would you control that situation? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, uh, I think uh, the answer is yes. In, in by terms the way. of concessions from them, from that, mm-hmm. from those games, and anything else. Well, it's sort of like what the Grizzlies building, do with FedEx I mean, Forum. That's 100, percent and it's such an advantage. It's, yeah. a, I mean. Uh, essentially, and in, in, I mean, you know, Memphis has sort of been at the will of the city because yeah. of control there, or whether it's its basketball program at the will because of your lease with FedEx Forum and the, the agreement between you and the Grizzlies at the will of the Grizzlies with mm-hmm. that building. They've never been in a situation with either one of those programs where you've controlled the building you play in. And so it, I, I'm just fascinated if that goes through by all the possibilities for Memphis and the doors that it could open. And again, uh, if you're looking at Memphis from one of these power conferences, you'd prefer a Memphis that has control Mm -hmm. of its own facility. Obviously, ideally, you'd love them to have the on-campus, but if they've got control of that building, that would be a good thing, certainly, for the University of Memphis. And finally, the city would have $230 $230 million in state money to include in a deal to renovate FedEx Forum and keep the Grizzlies in town. Again, that three fifty dollars uh, initially from the state that Memphis, the University of Memphis, was at one time calling for $200 million of, and we said, how in the world is that going to work? It's too much of a shortfall for the Grizzlies. That now three fifty one twenty dollars goes to Memphis for Simmons Bank. Fred Smith comes in with his $50 million, and Memphis's job now is to match Fred Smith's donation. They've said that uh, uh, today, and come up with uh, a fifty million of their own, which now gives them two hundred twenty million to throw at the renovations for Simmons Bank. We've seen the renderings; the thing looks beautiful. And now you've got the financial plan, at least thanks to Fred Smith. As for the Grizzlies, there's still a shortfall and a need for uh, Mayor-elect Paul Young, or whether it's Strickland before he gets out of office to go back up to state. They've already given you a no on this hotel motel tax. Hopefully, now that there's more of a plan and that you can see sort of the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, you can go back up there. Jeff jokes in his column that whether it's Paul Young or whoever saying pretty please when they go back, um, hopefully there is a different answer when you get that. And again, I don't think you'll have, you'd have, you know, Jason Wexler putting out statements today, uh, 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 Grizz, uh, Grizz execs saying we agree with this plan if they didn't see uh, that as a, as a feasible solution in the way. So, um, and, it, and we've talked about, you know, would Robert Perra, in, in good faith, having seen everyone sort of step up to the plate here, including Memphis, who isn't just saying, hey, state, yeah, just give us the money, and now you, Fred Smith. Memphis is saying, no, we're going to raise $50 million of our own uh, just out of good faith if it does come down to, you know, a $50 million shortfall or whatever it is, uh, perhaps that's something, you know, Robert Perra would do. We realize he's got all the leverage uh, in terms of trying to get that uh, that new lease and everything else from the city, but... Um, I'm hopeful now, as we've said, that this is a fantastic first step uh, toward everybody uh, being happy, getting their money, and getting significant renovations. A full, a full renovation. You wouldn't have to like cut it shorter. Oh no, we're only getting uh, you know 180 and not 220 million, and so we can't do everything that we had hoped to with Simmons Bank. Um, hopefully, now you're in a spot where you can have both of those facilities fully renovated, fully up to date, and again, the possibility of the Tigers controlling. Simmons Bank would be absolutely yeah. huge. So I think today is a really good day for all the reasons you 100%. just mentioned. And I do fantastic have, reporting by the Daily Memphian. I do have some bad news that was just uh, put out there from the mayor who's outgoing, Mayor, mayor Strickland, and that is for soccer fans, unfortunately, he is on the record now that we do not have enough funds to fund a new soccer 
Stadium. Well, we knew that, but it's good to get it it's official. Final. It's, it, it's pretty official and, now, and, basically. And, and, and I, it's done. You know, for 901 FC and what that what that means for their future here. Yeah. You know, that league has said that you've got to have your own place. You can't mm-hmm. be sharing a stadium, uh, you know, with the AAA baseball team. You know, we've said if, if it comes down to it. Um, That's it. What's more important? These two entities, clearly. Yeah. And, again, with all due respect for that for that franchise, 901 FC, you know, they, whether they get a new stadium or not, the, 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 you know, the possibility that they're here for 10 to 20 years, I mean, we've seen teams come and go. Mm-hmm. You've got to feed the big dogs here. There's not enough to go around. Wish the state had given you, you know, $500 million or whatever like they did to, to Nashville. It's not the case. No. So I think we always knew in the back of our minds uh, at some point they would make this official that yeah. you won't get the $50 million for that, so- that new soccer stadium over there. But, again, there are two – uh, uh, super important entities here in this deal, and it's the two that are getting fed. And, uh, like I said, man, the big dogs get fed. Real quick, Jason Wexler, the Grizzlies president, uh, that I wanted to read that statement yeah, just good. so we got that side. We support the city's proposed allocation of $120 million in state grant funding to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium Project and the $230 million in state grant funding to FedEx Forum uh, as we continue to work with the city and county on a long-term deal. So, again, Grizzlies, who hadn't been so public Remember, Memphis is saying, "I want to. We want two hundred of the three fifty, And you had this, you know, I, you know, mm-hmm. this this sort of back and forth going on. And uh, I think Memphis, the Grizzlies, have clearly been reluctant to get in a no. You're not going to get that two hundred. <laughs> right. This yeah. is what we need now. Clearly, yeah. coming out publicly saying they agree with these proposed steps and this proposed plan. It's all a good sign for uh, Memphis, and super great uh, if Memphis could pull off. You know, getting control of Simmons Bank in addition to raising the fifty million and getting two hundred twenty million dollars in renovations to Simmons Bank. So, uh, great news today, as Brad said, and definitely uh, as you're around that that table tomorrow for uh, or Thursday for yeah, Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. uh, and you're telling uh, your family what you're grateful for. Uh, you know, the great Fred Smith could certainly uh, certainly deserve some praise uh, the great things he's done for the city, and certainly in this situation. Next story. All right, we mentioned it. It's uh, it's tough. Grizzlies got 12 more without John Morant. We got the news yesterday that more bodies are down. In this case, Luke Kennard, Xavier Tillman Sr., both dealing with knee injuries now. And it, it, it's terrible because at one point you're thinking these aren't any more serious than day-to-day. We've seen this over and over again from the Grizzlies. At one point, Taylor Jenkins is saying, you know, expect Marcus Smart's injury to be not be too serious. Then Marcus Smart is out for three to five weeks. So it's more frustrating than anything when you add that sort of you know, the, 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 the lack of clarity uh, on some of this stuff to the fact that you're just losing bodies, it feels like, by the day. Uh, all that said, we've talked about why uh, I guess there are reasons for optimism. A lot of that would be what you've, saw, what you've seen now from Santi Aldama the past two games, and particularly as a starter, as just point out, by necessity uh, at the three in that game over the Celtics, he was absolutely tremendous. And, I mean, all you got is hope. Right now, uh, trying to get through these next 12 with John Morant. And when you can add a, uh, some production to that hope, as you got from Santi Aldama, again, playing that three spot against the Celtics, a little reason to feel better. Again, it's rainy around here in Memphis right now. These, these, these Grizzlies are losing guys by the day. Real easy uh, to start looking at this thing and say, man, they're only going to come out of it with one or two more wins. But uh, I am hopeful with that incredibly huge now uh, BC front line. You got to think about Jaron, yeah. uh, Biombo, and now Santiago. That's like three seven footers out there essentially for you. Uh, I'm just hopeful that uh, they can sort of replicate the defensive effort with a little bit more bench help mm-hmm. uh, that they got against the Celtics there. And again, what's the goal? If you're talking about the next twelve games, uh, and especially this one against Houston on Wednesday, uh, the goal. I, 
got to get three or four more out of this. Can yeah. get, anything else is is at this point? I, I think uh, uh, just cherry on the uh, is just a cherry on the on the on the cake mm-hmm. because for right now, three or four feels pretty optimistic. Yeah, to be I mean, honest if, with you. if they play like they played on Sunday against the Celtics, I think they can win the game. I think they can win any game if they played like that. The problem is, I'm looking at the Rocket stuff, which I haven't looked at them very much, and I haven't watched a lot of they Rockets. They were six basketball. and three at one point, but I think they've dropped a couple. Yeah, they're of six years. and six now, yeah. so they're eighth in the West. But they played pretty well at home. They've they have this is their seventh straight if they could beat the Grizzlies on Wednesday. So like, it's a pre, it's an improved Rockets team, I think. And then you got Dylan Brooks in there, so that's going to be a fun game, I think. Wednesday going to be a fun game, going to be a much needed game, and they all are for the uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies right now. It cannot be fun being no. uh, being Taylor Jenkins right now, and you just don't have much to fight with, uh, and and so little margin for error. Uh, again, what they cannot afford is any more yeah. uh, to go down. I know it goes without saying at this point when you're as shorthanded as the Grizzlies are, but. Uh, I am still optimistic, at least I said so in cap or no cap, that this won't be so big a hole that you can't get once Jaws back still around 40 wins or so. That should be enough or around that uh, to at least have you in play-in territory. But I think that's that's clearly what we're talking about now, Brad, is whether or not you can just it feels you know, dark get enough right to now, get Jason. to that 10 or that <laughs> yeah. 9. Yeah. I mean, again, trying to set your sights on, on yeah. something higher than that I think is silly at this point, uh, especially with so much – there's still so many games before Ja gets back. Twelve more. You're 13 in, three and ten. Um, just try to get as many as you can. The the injury report now because I've moved past the first injuries. We don't bring up Brandon Clark. Or, well, they're gone. Yeah, they can't help like, you now. You used but to yes. do that every time we would talk about these, and now we just go to the primary players that are available. The Tillman and Kennard thing aren't great, but I I just hope you're right that Santi can play like he played on Sunday every single game, and I, it looks like he's going to be your starter. If you can get him in a position where he's doing that in the starting lineup, it, it will help tremendously. All that said, though, you still, especially with Kennard out, mm. you just – and now, I mean, you've put John Conchar in the starting lineup. And whether that's Gilliard or Conchar, what you know is it's limited. And you, right now, stand to get nothing from the bench. Right. And as good as those – you know, as good as we've seen Bain and Jaron uh, for most of the season, and even with a, a solid – uh, uh, a solid Santi. Mm-hmm. Remember the uh, it was the Dallas game where uh, Jaron Bain both had great day- games and so did Marcus Smart. And I think you still lost it by 15 yep. because you got no bench production. And that again is the thing when you look down that bench and there's nobody there right yeah. now. Uh, you are still going to have to get some sort of bench production. And it's against Houston or over these next eleven after that. And that right now is where you look at and you just don't know where it's going to come that, from. That's why you lost this, lost the Celtics game. It was all the bench because the starters couldn't really offer more. I know we. You know, Vince Williams was lauded for his uh, defensive effort in a, a short stint uh, over the weekend, and I don't, I, you know, I don't care at this point. I know pe- people are, are, are going back and forth on social media about right now about who should be getting these opportunities at three and now behind Santi. Mm-hmm. You know, Zaire, Roddy, should we be going to Gigi at this point and bringing him up and seeing what he's got? Right. Um, Laravia with his shades, we kind of know what you're getting with him. I think so. He just cannot hit shots in a in an NBA game. Yeah. He can do it all year long, all, all, all game long, it seems like, in the G League, but can't do it up here. I am for getting as much data as you can on yeah. all of these guys, but again, coming from a bench spot that right now is behind Santi Aldama, I think that's just your best option at three to that point. Was it you yesterday that brought up the idea that if we just replaced Laravia with Santi well, Aldama is, is, in the draft order? It was actually Jeff sort of a, a, applying a new thought process toward that draft that if you flip... I like this. Yes, that draft that we've said is a miss so much because of Zaire and the trade up to 10 to get him and at 17, what they uh, uh, Pelicans end up with Trey Murphy, yeah. who's had a great career so far, and we've, we've called that a failed draft. Now, 
you can't call it that with what Santi's doing right now. And Jeff's point was, if you flipped it yeah, to where you got good. Santi in that 10 spot mm-hmm. and you're getting Zaire later, would you be? Would we look at that draft now in a much different light and say, you know what, just like the Bain draft, just like BC and everything, mm-hmm. they hit here. Uh, my point is, if you keep getting this Santi Aldama, this FIBA Santi Aldama, right, yeah. 100%. We can look back on that draft. Uh, uh, Zaire Williams eventually not be on that roster and say it was an absolute mm-hmm. another hit draft for Memphis. Uh, again, you know, Santi Aldama, 12, 28, 12, and 6. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially in a, in, a, in a time right now, in a span where you are starved for production from guys not named uh, Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain. I mean, that was it's, it's absolutely huge for you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, if they keep getting this, Santi, I think there might be a day, uh, as Jeff pointed out, where maybe we look back on that draft and say, you know what, not so bad. You know, the other thing about that trade moving up, it also netted you Steven Adams, yeah. who did more for your franchise, realize he's out now not helping, but did more for your franchise in unlocking Ja, the offense, opening up the lane. It did more than Jonas Valanciunas mm-hmm. was going to do. So when you add that, right, to the desire part to yeah. Santi, mm-hmm. there is a there, there might be a time where we're looking back on this and saying that was a good draft for Zach Kleinman and crew. We did get some breaking news while you were just speaking, by the way. So this is just coming through from the Associated Press from the Shelby County Records. Prosecutors are not going to pursue an assault charge against uh, uh, Ja's friend, Devontae Pack. Those charge the misdemeanor ju- charges yep. have all been dismissed for the assault charge in Shelby County. So that distraction will be over when Ja returns in a couple of weeks. No, Ja's still got the civil thing going with Joshua Holloway, the young man that he uh, that he hit, uh, and that obviously Devontae Pack hit as well. That's all been said in testimony, um, and can now you know use the self defense claim. Everything else, who knows where the civil trial will end? But um, I didn't figure, you know, even with the the, the testimony and knowing. You didn't charge Devontae Pack initially, and so to try to do it retroactively months down the road, uh, yeah, everybody's – and just put it on him. Right. When it's in testimony as well that Ja obviously uh, uh, hit the kid as well, just didn't make a lot of sense. I don't, I don't see any reason at this point to prosecute this no. criminally, uh, and it makes sense that the charges were dropped, but – Oh, Holloway, that Holloway family seems dead set on getting, uh, yeah. getting what they want in that civil trial. I told you from the very get-go of this um, – I realized that the number that the Holloways wanted to settle might have been crazy at one point, but it it really would have been the better idea to find a number to get a settlement done before all of this mess. Right. Before, before all of this testimony, before Devontae Pack is uh, 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 saying in testimony that, yeah, Ja owns a gun and everything. It's just stuff that you didn't need that, mm-hmm. that if, if this thing is settled from the get-go and you pull that family down to a number that's, you know, whatever. Jock can afford it. Yep. Lord knows that. He's got the, he had the, uh, you, you had the extension coming that uh, that would have been worth the price yeah. to avoid all of this, uh, this mess. And especially at a time you, you compound it with what you did in terms of your actions on social media. And it's just added to issues you don't need where you got questions from Nike, from Powerade, from everybody. The, now the question who you run with, who's this best friend that's been, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and all of this didn't need to get to that point. If you had just settled, yes. uh, wish they had been able to find some sort of common ground there. Um, we'll see what happens with the civil trial, but yeah, kind of figured that the charges, the criminal charges against Devontae Packer wasn't the only one who jumped this kid, uh, would be dropped at some point. I just hope all of the distractions are over. I saw, actually yesterday, our friend Anthony Sane from the show here, who comes on every Friday with us, uh, he, he retweeted at somebody because Ja was on there. You know, people are on Twitter right now, X, with the trade machine, right? Especially because he's out. And Ja just put, you know, no, no chance, what are you doing, basically? And... It, 
I, I just hope when he returns that we put all this behind us and that we're focused on basketball and, and not as much of this stuff. Because this is good news today is what I'm saying. This is good. I, I don't – and I said this after he did it the first time. I mean, we all kind of said there's no way he's going to do something like that again and just felt good about, okay, now you've learned something. You go and meet with Silver. You tell him this isn't going to happen. You understand how important uh, it is, to how, how much of a face of the league you are. And then he goes back uh, and does it again. But I just – Brad, when, when you talk about what he's lost – now individually, right? The forty mm-hmm. million or so that not making All NBA, um, you know this this season going in, um, yeah. you, you know you're being questioned. They're having to change things on your shoes at Nike uh, because it's just not a good look to have that. You know, right. to have some phrase. All, all of that is a result of your choices. When you add what he's lost personally, uh, individually, to now. Watching this team at three and ten, this organization going what it's going through, and I realize some of it's been a perfect storm. Jod doesn't control the injuries, but when you see how far back you've set this organization, mm-hmm. in addition to what you've lost personally, right? It doesn't that have to be more of an yeah. eyebrow? Doesn't that have to be more of a light bulb? <laughs> yes. So now it's it's not just you losing. Uh, again, I think you can get caught up in the fact that first year you're twenty and five when he's out, yeah. and you say, you know what, I can do whatever I want because this franchise actually they're pretty good with. Me, they've got a lot of talent around here. Yeah. It's one thing when you're doing it, and, and then what does it go? Twelve and eleven, or eleven and twelve the next year, and and this year what three and ten? With he sees now how critical he is to the thing, his his presence, his yes. uh, or his availability. Right. And so again, uh, you know, and I realize he's still a young man, still going to make mistakes. We all fall short, but I just now both sides. How much you set yourself back? potentially, money-wise, but then more importantly now, how much you've set the organization that went out and defended you, mm-hmm. that's had your back through this, how much you've set it back. I just can't imagine, back to your point, that we're we're at a space when Ja gets back where uh, um, he is still in a, uh, I, you know, I want to I, I party. I want to do my own right. thing. I'm yeah. not going to be a part of this. He, he's, he's watching it firsthand. This right. team struggled without him. He watched his team in the playoffs answer questions when he's walking out, Jaron and Bain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to step up and be available and make smarter decisions. So, yes, I think the combinations of things and what he's had to witness, it sort of all fall apart here for the Grizzlies. Uh, I, I'll say it. I'm, I'm going to say he ain't going to do that again, but I'll, I'm just I'm hopeful he's finally uh, seen the light. Yeah, and I'm not saying he has to get off social media. I'm not thinking to be oh, that he guy. He ain't doing that. He's you clearly can tell not doing it, that. He would have already done that. There you know, are but. people that have said, stay off social media. There's got to be a happy medium where you can do this without getting crazy and, and you're focused on basketball. Well, I think these, I think young people today are addicted to social media. I agree with that. I've said that many times on this show. And so what you have to do is then if, 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 if it's an addiction, you got to be on it. You have to adjust. Right. And what we're just telling you is to move like a pro. You know, take a page out, out whether it's Derrick Rose's book and, and the maturity he's he has found, mm-hmm. obviously, or or LeBron James. You faces of the league have to operate differently, right? And hopefully now he understands that. I will never forget Alex Lomax texting him, who's I think related to Holloway or friends or whatever else, um, texting him. Remember, we got that yeah, in the testimony that. saying, yeah. uh, you know, you don't move like this, man. Like, what are you doing, right. Alex Lomax, who's you know, not College the stature player. of Ja, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't have the money. Going to him and telling him, "Nah, bro, just Calm man down. to man. You yeah. you don't hit teenagers. You don't you don't move like this. Like, you know, right. it's common sense." But I, but there was Alex Lomax delivering it to him, and uh, yeah, man, the whole thing about self defense and stuff. When you're talking about a 17 year old kid in your backyard, and it's a couple of y'all jumping him. Yeah. Uh, with all due respect, you know, I hope the civil thing ends in a way that's amicable for both sides. But it's you know that, that's ridiculous. It was a bad choice. Uh, to let things get that tense, and uh, and here we are 
But more importantly, yeah. uh, yes, we're hoping that a John Moran who's back now, what, 12 games from now, understands the, 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 the levity, uh, uh, how important uh, his decision-making is to the uh, future of this franchise. Man, they're struggling without you, bro. Next story. All right, this was, uh, this was news. We talked about the Monday Night Football game, the rematch of the Super Bowl last night. Uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles come out on top. We did not talk about We mentioned uh, what the Steelers did today. Pittsburgh Steelers, a ton of Steelers fans in Memphis, Tennessee, and I bet this made a lot of them yeah. happy. They have fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada, they announced today, and per Adam Schefter, uh, this is why it's 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 uh, it's more news when the Steelers do this. It's the first time they've made an in-season coaching change since 1941. Uh, here's what Tomlin said: Matt Cannon has been relieved of his duties as offense coordinator. I appreciate Matt's hard work and dedication. I wish him the best in vol- uh, moving forward in his career. What you need to know most is uh, that offense has struggled mightily. I've never seen it. A team outgained. Uh, in, a, in each of its first 10 games and has a winning record. We have never seen that in NFL history. Uh, they have not, I saw this on Get Up This Morning over at ESPN, they have not had a 400-yard offense game, 400 or more yards, wow. uh, since 2021, since Matt Canada's been offensive coordinator. You know Tomlin is... Uh, incredibly loyal, and I respect the whole. We're gonna we're gonna get through it, man. We're gonna we're gonna get through this and weather it and uh, get this fixed right. But this one was obvious. You were literally making history as we we've never seen such offensive struggles, and yet managing to find a way. And what a lot of us were doing was giving Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing record, the credit, saying, "Man, look, you know, look at him finding a way to win." But as Najee Harris point out this week their own running back, this ish isn't going to last. No, no. Where they're winning games despite being outgained, and they were outgained uh, uh, again this weekend in that loss to the, the Browns, who, oh, by the way, are starting Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, and so you still can't outgain those guys. Yeah, Najee Harris called it out, and rightly so. And Pittsburgh, rightly, has decided to make a move. Now, I don't know if this is going to spark them as uh, it seemed Ken Dorsey's firing with the Bills sparked them. Again, a lot of that is that you're doing it against a struggling Jets team. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Buffalo's got some big ones uh, coming up, and we'll see how that plays out. But th- they had to do something, Brad, because you can look at this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and you can see uh, Pickens. You see Deontay Johnson. You see Najee and Jalen Warren, who seems to be getting better by the week. He's their dynamic back that when Najee's struggling, they can go to and He had a long touchdown run this past week. My point, they got weapons, including our man Calvin Austin Calvin III, Austin, sure. who Kenny Pickett has missed over and over yep. again on throws. It's the quarterback situation that's held them back, and maybe part of Kenny Pickett not being so good is the issues you've had with your offensive coordinator. So uh, hopefully for Pittsburgh, clean some things up. Because, again, with Cincinnati, without Joe Burrow for the rest of the season, we'll see how big that Mark Andrews is uh, injury is to the Baltimore Ravens' chances. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Baltimore's still going to make it. They've got enough weapons. But there is an opportunity for Pittsburgh to get this right. They can catch and, the Browns. And make the playoffs. That, absolutely they can. The Browns are playing like a third-string quarterback. Yep. Uh, a, a rookie in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, and yeah. so uh, it's there for the taking. But they've, they've got to, uh, whatever it is, communicating with Pickett or eventually moving on uh, and finding another option off of Pickett, you're wasting uh, a good defense and some solid weapons mm-hmm. offensively, uh, constantly rolling out Matt Canada with Kenny Pickett. So something had to change. Kenny Pickett, the aforementioned Kenny Pickett, is ranked 25th right now in the NFL in passing yards, and he's 28th in QBR. So uh, that wasn't much, uh, not much success under Canada for Kenny Pickett, and uh, hopefully it will be better for him uh, in this case under a new offensive coordinator. Steelers' remaining schedule, they're at Cincy. Definitely winnable because yep, of the no Joe, one. no Joe Burrow. You got Arizona That's uh, at the house. You got New England who's That's trying to lose at the house. You're at Indy. 
That's a win. Then you're versus Cincy again. So you've got yeah. Cincy twice with no Joe Burrow. That's then you're win. at Seattle and at Baltimore. But the point is you just ding that a whole lot. I th- am I right on those, Yes, you're, yes, you're yeah. right. Those are all winnable games yes, yes. if they can get a better, of them. a better offensive yes. game plan. And so um, you would think uh, the shaking up of things, especially for a franchise that does not do this in season. We said last time was 1941, wow. according to Schefter, that they made an in-season coaching change. Um Hopefully this shakes it up enough where Pittsburgh offense again with a lot of weapons uh, can finally uh, can finally do something. You sounds like sounds like yep. you got a little bit of belief in this. I, I think with the weapons you just laid out there, like in Cleveland being kind of in a rough spot here, all of those weapons on offense with Najee and Pickens, I don't know about uh, Pickett. Or the quarterback, they have had quarterback problems consistently. That's not on Matt Canada, but they've got plenty of weapons. They should not be well, this now, bad. Now you can know. I mean, you put another uh, OC, you put another, somebody else in there, yeah. uh, shake it up a little bit, and you can know a little bit more on Pickett. If, if it's not working, uh, maybe you could just pin that to Canada, mm-hmm. the lack of communication, whatever it was, whatever you're trying to call. Uh, you put it on this new OC, you shake it up a little bit, and if Pickett continues to struggle, then, yeah, I don't see any way how at the end of this season – you know, you're 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 still moving on yep. with him because again, what you know is that you've got weapons around him. This offense should be the better. The defense than it is. is unbelievable, though. It's Watson. solid. I mean, it's they're solid. good. It's, yeah, they're they're good. They're good. They're not. It's a good football I, I team. They're not on the level of uh, 49ers, Ravens, or no. believe it or not, Chiefs right now. I was telling you how good that Chiefs they're defense is right now. But they are absolutely a a, a defense that is uh, formidable and one that you got to you know that can win games for them. And it's a big reason why. And despite being outgained in every game, they've got a winning record, that defense. So you're right about uh, its quality. Well, the thing about the Steelers, the reason why this is such a big story um, is this organization, the way they operate with the Rooney family, they don't make crazy, ridiculous, like a lot of these franchises. It's only like three coaches all time, right? It's it's Noel, it's uh, uh, Cower, and And it's Tomlin, Tomlin, right? Especially at the head coach. And they do that all the way through the organization Mm -hmm. the way I've read it. So this is why this is such a big story because Rooney's, they just never do this. And and so obviously Tomlin had had it, which I don't blame him in this case. Yeah, I've called them, they are the WMC Action News 5 uh, (laughs) of the the NFL. With treat people? Well, the sports directors. You know, in the history of Action News 5, there's only been like three or four them. I think it's it's Jack, it's Jarvis, and now Doc Holliday. Yeah. So it's just like the Steelers, and that thing's been around for what uh, uh, decades. Yeah. And they've only had years. three sports directors. When you yeah. get that spot, you stay it's forever. A good comparison. And that's that's yeah. sort of what the Steelers' uh, head coaching situation is. They had to do something about uh, Matt Canada, and good on on Tomlin. Like yeah. we said, it was extremely loyal. But uh, you see the issue. You gotta you gotta nip it in the bud. Do what you can, and uh, we'll see if it makes a difference for their offense. Next story. Uh, we mentioned at Battle for Atlantis coming up this week. We we will dive more into the matchup between Memphis and Michigan tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure if that lines out or not, but I told you it should be around you know one and a half, uh, maybe a pick 'em uh, because Ken Palm's got that as an 80-79 Memphis win. That game will be on Wednesday. Michigan Memphis is going to be on ESPN two. Okay. That is a 4 p.m. start. The other games on Wednesday in the Battle for Atlantis. For those just getting familiar with that bracket, you got. A ranked UNC team playing Northern Iowa. Yeah, they get an they get an easy one in their first one. Villanova's taking on Texas Tech, and then you've got the other side, Memphis's side of the bracket, Arkansas versus Stanford, and the nightcap on ESPNU. Again, this is on Wednesday. If the Tigers win, mm. if they can knock off Michigan, we've talked about why this is such an important opportunity for Memphis on Wednesday because it unlocks an opportunity to likely face a still ranked Arkansas team uh, at number twenty. If you advance. Uh, against Michigan, you would then be playing Arkansas uh, at 4 p.m. 
on Thanksgiving Day. So how about wow. a little Tigers basketball with your That'd turkey? That'd be nice. Be a matchup yeah. again. Look, man, those old and, and Giannato's talked about this because he he's gone back and and looked through. Uh, 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 the, at the history of that old Memphis and Arkansas series. Uh, I was here for it as a kid. Uh, my dad would have me on the sideline for those games uh, as a former sportscaster here. I mean, they were so big. And, again, a big part of it, and it's different now, a big part of why that rivalry was so special is because you had, uh, Brad, so many Memphis Memphians. kids, yeah. so much Memphis talent on that Arkansas side. Mm-hmm. And so it really made it a border war. Yeah. It really did. And, and you had Memphis on both sides of it. And that was part of what made it so intense, including uh, the great Todd Day, you know, former Memphian Hamiltonian who goes over there and absolutely shines on his way to go yes. in the NBA. Um, it's different now. This, this Memphis team uh, isn't relying much on Memphis talent. No. Uh, and neither is Arkansas in this day and age under Muss. And so uh, I realize now that it's not exactly the same in terms of this is not a recruiting ground as much for Arkansas as it once used to be. But um, – this would be a great series, and I think Mus uh, and, and Penny had said this week. I think maybe it was to Giannato sure. that he's hopeful this gets worked out. You know, Memphis has proven at this point, and and uh, under Penny Hardaway, and now in his sixth season, that it is a quality opponent in the sense that if you lose to Memphis, it isn't going to drag you down. You're right. talking about, at least for right now, a team that's going to be first or second in the American, likely at some point once Dusty May leaves FAU, they're probably going to be first all the time. It's a quality opportunity for Arkansas. The thing is, the Arkansas doesn't need this. They can hook up with ESPN, get plenty of other non-conference things set up with ESPN, and be fine, and then get great quality games in conference. So they don't need it as much, and, and it probably gives them more leverage. So it, it, And what I'd heard is this is about where you want to play it first right. and must wanting to play it down in Fayetteville first before you do anything else. And maybe they find a common ground and play it on Little Rock. But my point is that this is great for both sides. Right. Um, it would be. And obviously a, a matchup with Arkansas anytime you can get it is great. So now we get it possibly through a bracket. Uh, but the hope is that, Brad, at some point uh, you will hook something up in the future. I'd rather be playing Arkansas than Vanderbilt Absolutely. You know, back-to-back seasons. I'd take well, – the, the Ole Miss series right now with mm. Chris Beard down there, that looks great. I was going to say I'd take it over Ole Miss. Mm. Right now that's fine, um, but I'd, I'd love to see it replace, you know, Vandy. When you lose Tennessee, which was really the only thing you could point to, I know they may yeah. not acknowledge it in Knoxville, but the only thing you could point to is there's a rivalry for us. Right. You know, with your conference changing and everything else, there hasn't been much of that. And so, you know, yeah, it wouldn't burn like it did. It wouldn't burn as bright or as uh, – as hot as it once did in terms of, uh, again, the Memphis talent on both sides. But that would it, it could absolutely turn up in, into being a perennial rivalry where you're playing Arkansas every year, whether it's Muss or the next coach or whatever else. You know Muss likes to move, y'all. I don't yeah. expect him to be at Arkansas uh, here forever. Uh, I, just, I, I would just love to have this back on the schedule, both for nostalgia's sake and for the sake of it's a great, uh, uh, non-conference opportunity for Memphis every year you can play. This one seems like it's going to get done from what I've gathered and listened to, and, and those programs are closer than the Rick Barnes thing, which is why I bring you up Rick Barnes in Tennessee because the point you just made is why it's so stupid we don't do the Tennessee rivalry game because we're already doing four SEC games. We're getting Ole Miss. We've had Auburn. We're getting Texas A&M this year. We're probably going to get this Arkansas deal done. The idea that it brings down your your schedule or that it's going to hurt you in recruiting, especially with the transfer portal, it's ridiculous. No, it's ridiculous, and it shows you it's even more ridiculous because Tennessee is playing 
Memphis and women's basketball, and I realize a lot of exactly. that is because a former Vol, Alex Simmons, is coaching the Tigers basketball team. But you see, in that instance, they say, you know what, this this is appropriate, and the AD re- recognize it. Now you got a home and home between Memphis and Tennessee on the women's basketball side. Believe me, this is just about Rick Barnes. Yes, this isn't Tennessee saying we don't want to play you. This is just because that Tennessee has a full Thompson Bowling Arena every time the Tigers come up yes. there. Tennessee knows it's good for Tennessee when they play Memphis. This is completely about. Rich ridiculous. not liking what Memphis did to Tubby Smith, not liking the way his relationship there early on with Penny Hardaway started, realized they've said they've both buried the hatchet, but this is totally personal. Yes. And it's totally about, again, it's the same thing we said with Arkansas. Tennessee can get enough out-of-conference opportunities, whether it's playing a Gonzaga, whoever else, hooking it all up through ESPN. They're enough of a brand that they don't have to schedule right. a Memphis. They, it's not in the same situation. When you look at Tennessee, oh, great matchup for Memphis. Let's get on the they, – they're not yes. in a position where they need that. And so Rick Barnes can look down his nose at you and say you're beneath us uh, uh, for a program that – you know, at least where it comes to some other sports, women's uh, yeah. basketball, whatever else, thinks it's uh, uh, not so high mm. and mighty enough that it can't play you. So, again, this I don't think this is as much about the AD uh, as it is and, and Tennessee's view of Memphis as it is the AD just sort of rolling along here with what Rick right. Barnes feels about Memphis. But going back to uh, that Memphis, those Memphis basketball Tigers, yeah. uh, if they do win on Thanksgiving, we mentioned that would be a 4 o'clock Central game. If they take care of business against Michigan, they're playing Arkansas at 4 on Thanksgiving. The championship game of the Battle for Atlantis looks like a 2.30 game on ESPN. I think I'm looking at it Eastern Times. It yep. says 3.30. I'm pretty sure that's a 2.30 uh, tip-off. That would be your championship on Friday. And listen, guys, I, I, I know you're coming off you know, two out of your first three games have been by games, Jackson State, Alabama State. You could sort of sleep through them and know that the Tigers were going to come through, uh, but it's about to crank all the way up. You only have one more by game throughout the rest of your con- uh, non-conference schedule, and that'll be to end it December 30th uh, against Austin P. But in between that, between this battle for Atlantis, where we mentioned you're hoping to play Michigan, uh, Arkansas, and my hope is that you're facing a ranked North Carolina team in the final. You come right back, you got Ole Miss down there, Chris Beard mm-hmm. in his first year. Uh, and you, you know, get Ma- that. Uh, Matthew, you should with the way they're playing right yep. now. And I think they're ranked in the hundreds. They're you bad. need you they're need bad. that one. Yeah. You really, you really uh, can't afford to, to, to lose it mm-hmm. with where they're ranked right now. Then you're at BCU, you yep. got Texas at Texas A&M. Clemson here uh, on the 16th, Virginia on the 19th, then you got Bandy, and then you got Austin Peay. And so, again, all of these opportunities that we have talked about, you know, are so important for Penny Hardaway in terms of improved seating for the NCAA tournament, specifically getting out of that 8-9 slot. They're all about to come up. The competition level is about to crank up. And, frankly, you know, other than the two matchups against FAU that you're hoping become three matchups with a meeting in the AAC tournament – this is the most important thing on your schedule. Well, and if they're not going to be good, I'm not saying Florida Atlantic's not going to be good, but this loss that they had the other night, like they're at 50 right now at Ken Palm. Oh, it dropped them down from 25 to 50. That thing <laughs> stung them. I old. mean, it was Bryant, right? That Bryant. was the team they lost. Yes, had no business losing So, like, Bryant. you, the, I would argue some of these games are more important than that. I mean, because if they're not going to be good, and we're, we're, we're kind of speculating they're going to be good because we assume they're going to be good, but if they're not, like the Michigan game, the computers like Michigan right now, they're at 36 at Kempom. Like that's a that's a pick 'em type deal. It's probably a th- two three point line. Uh, you need those games. You got to win these. Pre- you got all these preseason games. Be nice. not preseason. Uh, you know, non league games. Yep. Be nice to uh, we mentioned it to to win one of these. You haven't won one sure. of these in season sort of tournaments. Uh, don't have a great history in them since 2013. Josh won the Old Spice Classic. Did beat a Marcus Smart. Uh, led in a ranked Oklahoma State team that was number five in the country 
uh, in that final. It was the first time, I mean, I guess technically the U of M tries to say it was St. Mary's in the tournament that was Josh's first ranked win, but that ended up being his first real AP-ranked okay. win that year over Arkansas State. I think they went on to get four more wins mm-hmm. over ranked teams that season. But, again, we, we, we've seen it here. We saw Josh in the Bahamas, saw him in Maui go out and lose those first games. It was Andre Hollins cutting him up yeah. for a, a, a Tubby Smith-led Minnesota team. Uh, I believe it was that cut him up in the Bahamas. Well, for whatever well. reason, you haven't been able to put uh, some of your best basketball mm-hmm. together early, and it's critical that you do. Things going against Memphis is that, you know, you only got three games under your belt with all these new players. That said, I think we're starting to see, Brad, yeah. a pecking order that's got – Yes, this is, to me, Javon Quinterly's team uh, because he is the point guard that makes it go. But in terms of pecking order, David Jones, I think, has firmly established himself as a number one scoring option. And then you've got Jaquan Walton behind him who can also lead you in scoring or a Caleb Mills. But with what David Jones done and has done so far and the way he's done it, and again, remember uh, uh, what he's doing for you from a rebounding standpoint as well, coming over after averaging six and a half uh, rebounds a game in the Big East, um, he, to me, has set himself sort of apart as the number one scoring option. We said you got to get that pecking order figured out. You're in a close game against Michigan or Arkansas this week. Mm-hmm. Who's getting the shot? It seems to me that if I'm Javon Quinterly, I really trust uh, David Jones right now. But, you know, the way uh, Walton shot the ball, you've got options there. Caleb Mills, very exciting, potentially weak uh, for the Memphis Tigers as uh, as they get set for the Battle for Atlantis opener against Michigan tomorrow. Got one more. Next story. Need to keep track. We mentioned that University of Memphis women's basketball team. They're actually coming back uh, from the Battle for Atlantis where, um, man, after giving Tennessee a scare uh, a few, what, about a week ago, yeah. few, uh, last Monday, I believe it was, they go down to the Battle for Atlantis. It's, it's their plan that came back that actually picked the Tigers up to take them back down. So they've been going back and forth with both programs uh, in Atlantis. They go one and two. Fall to MTSU again, uh, Brad, in their third game, uh, 52-43 loss. So uh, hasn't it, it's been a tough start uh, for Alex Simmons. But, again, she's played a tough schedule uh, to start the year. There's no question about that. They are now two and four uh, in Alex Simmons' first season. Again, you know, you took over – you took – you took Tennessee to overtime at their place. It's a, it, 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 it shows you that the talent level and what mm-hmm. they've got is there. But, again, with so many new players and in a first year of a head coach, you know, very little margin for error. And you get in some of these games, and, again, against a Middle Tennessee team that you saw uh, to open the season against. And, um, yeah, I mean, you're still trying to figure out things like chemistry. They're still trying to figure out things like pecking order. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is Madison Griggs the, the, the alpha on this team? You know, who is it at this point? It seems like as talented as they are and maybe as as potentially dangerous as they are, Brad, come postseason time, AAC tournament time, when they get this chemistry together, that it's sort of cost them here early on in some big spots against good competition. But I have no doubt uh, that Alex Simmons is the is the right pick for that program uh, and is going to have it, I think, even this season uh, in a spot where you're looking over there and you're saying, holy cow, look at what she's done. She, Like I said, she almost had a huge signature win over a ranked Tennessee team in just game three mm-hmm. of her career here at Memphis. So tough start uh, for the Memphis women's team, again, going one and two uh, at the battle for Atlantis. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not a sign of what the men's team is going to do. Down. I'm going to change planes. Uh, actually, I might have asked for a different plane. After <laughs> I'm superstitious like that. Now, but y'all know Penny's not. Uh, God got Penny, and uh, we'll see Penny Hardaway back on the sidelines starting tomorrow uh, against Michigan. We got to take a break, pay some bills, but we got plenty more coming up, including 
the great Trista Crick at 125. We will talk uh, Grizzlies, but all things uh, NBA with her. Maybe get a couple, a couple of college football picks. Uh, thinks what she uh, think, get what she thinks about college football this week. Huge week, Ohio State, Michigan. Obviously, huge week of college football coming up. Lots of ramifications as it comes to the uh, as it relates to the college football playoff. So we'll do all that uh, when we get back. You're listening to Jason and John. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 29 FM ESPN. The Wingaroo, get on over. I know, turkey's coming. Um, but turkey puts you to sleep, and eventually turkey leftovers. They get old. It ain't fun anymore. It's not tasty. Uh, wings are tasty, and particularly the best wings in the country. Uh, they're brought to you by our man, Billy Richmond, the former Memphis Tiger basketball player. He's growing. His, his entrepreneurship, it's fantastic. He's bringing you the best wings with the best flavors. It's not 22, not 21 anymore because he's added the Can't Catch Cow flavor, uh, inspired by Calvin Austin, the former Tiger. Keep, we're keeping it in the family. Uh, with the former Tigers and the flavors. But we've got a Jaron Jackson Jr.-inspired flavor. Uh, find out which one is your favorite. I love the Nashville Hot. My man John uh, from Aruba hadn't changed. He's a garlic sriracha man. Uh, and for the rest of November, when you're tired of those turkey leftovers, take advantage of this special seven-piece party wings for $10.99. That's throughout the rest of the month. So you got plenty of opportunities still. You can do that at any store or online at thewingaroo.com. A seven-piece party wing with small fry or okra for just $10.99. Best wings in town, in the country, anywhere. I'll put them up against anybody. When you see Billy Richmond, the former Tiger basketball player turned chicken house king. A new Arlington store opening up in a few days. Yeah, it's going to be at 5225 Airline Road. You might see Billy out there. You tell him. Uh, that Jason and John sent you. Memphis football, a couple of things I wanted to get to here before we get to third hour, and eventually at 125 we'll get to Trista Crick. Uh, we mentioned it, the big news of the day, what Fred Smith and his family have done. Uh, Memphis put out a release 
earlier this morning after Daily Memphian. It had been right before, but uh, as the Daily Memphian was putting out this fantastically reported news story by Sam Hardiman uh, about what Fred Smith has done and maybe unlocked a way where both FedEx Form and Simmons Bank get what they want in terms of uh, financial backing to have the uh, full renovations at both of their places. That $50 million that Fred Smith and his family have donated uh, to the University of Memphis for renovations to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, officially the largest gift in university history. So we're talking about Fred Smith, how much he stepped up. Don't even believe he's a graduate uh, of the University of Memphis. Uh, big time, no question about it. And we said uh, the statement from his son, you know, seeing Memphis sort of the city itself in this conundrum, figuring they can be the key with this $50 million to sort of unlocking, again, as Benson put it, Jessica Benson put it as she joined us earlier, great first step, uh, but still more work to be done. Uh, that hotel motel tax that the state has turned you down on, you still really need that to make up for the shortfall. Grizzlies need $550 million, uh, and they can't just get that from now the uh, that $350 million pot from the state that now Memphis will be taking 120 of. Uh, there's still going to be a significant amount of money the Grizzlies have got to get. A lot of that you can do if you get that hotel motel tax approved. And then maybe at some point, as we've discussed, with Robert Perra now having the owner of the Grizzlies having seen Fred Smith step up to the plate, having seen Memphis say, no, no, it's not just going to be Fred and the state money. We're going to bring it. We're going to raise $50 million as well in a capital campaign that Robert uh, would feel moved to. And whether it's a good faith or whatever else, here's my part. Rather than just leaving it to the city, the state, everything else to get it all figured out, we'll see if that happens. They may not need it. Uh, you may get there uh, with the plan as currently constructed if you can get that yes from the state. Um, but hopefully, yes, like we said, a great step forward. And that was obviously big news for the University of Memphis football program. Having Simmons Bank, we saw the renderings of it. They're showing it during football games. Uh, renovated, having a new building. Desperately needed and has been for a long time. Just a sort of a, a new a new vibe in there, an atmosphere. And I don't think, I mean, having been in there on Saturday, and I told you, you know, John's been to several games this year. The game experience itself at Simmons Bank is pretty good as it is. But imagine uh, an upgraded facilities with $220 million poured into that thing, how much better it could be. And... Imagine how much better it could be if the product on the field um, was better. Now, let's let's get to that um, because that is the second note I wanted to get to. We we discussed the SMU loss yesterday and just the opportunity missed by Memphis and and sort of what these eight wins, now eight and three, with the opportunity to get to ten with a bowl win, uh, if you take care of business against Temple uh, in this final game on Friday, you know we, we've talked about you know sort of where Ryan Silverfield, where this program stands. I'll throw one thing at you here, mm. Brad. You had touched on this yesterday, and I think Jonah uh, Dillon over at the Commercial Appeal, the Tigers football beat writer for them, did a great job of breaking it down. You and I discussed this yesterday because you brought it up. The the possibility right of that bowl that you go to being the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. We know that the game's typically Big Twelve SEC. Um, and as Jonah Dillon lays out in the thread, I think uh, of you know very simple and easy to understand. Currently, nine bowl eligible SEC teams: South Carolina, Florida, and Mississippi State are all one win away, but all are underdogs this week. If one of those teams wins, as Jonah writes on X, uh, the SEC will definitely have enough bowl eligible bids to fill all its spots, including the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. In that case, there's no chance Memphis plays in it. If none win, and there are three SEC teams in the uh, college football playoff. New Year's Six Bowls, the SEC would be one team short. It could still send a team there, but that's unlikely because the other SEC bowl games are played in NFL stadiums. In that case, AutoZone Liberty Bowl uh, can choose any team from the AAC to play against a Big 12 team. If Tulane wins out, 
the Green Wave will probably go to a New Year's Six Bowl, so that would leave Memphis, UTSA, and SMU as possibilities for the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Jonah Dillon bottom lines it, uh, again, great job laying this out. We will not know for sure if this is a possibility until we see the final college football playoff rankings and know how many SEC teams are in New Year's Six Bowls. If Memphis, uh, if the Liberty Bowl gets a choice of if it comes down to it, of Memphis, UTSA, SMU, we know where they're going to go. They're going to do what they did in 2017. You're going to pick the home team there. And what I'm getting to, Brad, is if this season, say you take care of business against Temple like you're favored to do this week on the road, although you have had a an up-and-down history up there uh, on the road. Remember Magnifico and the catch that should have been a catch, all that stuff? Uh, makes uh, me sick. Don't need to go back there. But if you should take care of business like you should, get to nine wins, have this opportunity to go to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl if things play out the right way in the SEC, how much differently for you, and we know where you are on Ryan, mm-hmm. how much differently, if at all, does it frame the season if in like 2017, now Memphis didn't win that game against Iowa State. It was 21-20. Uh, that Mike Norvell team finished 10-2. and Lost to Iowa State. You know what the crowd was in Simmons Bank? Uh, back then, uh, Liberty Bowl Memorial I'm Stadium interested was 57,266. Full house. Um, we talked about it yesterday. You know, when we started this conversation, we said, "Well, the players are they? You know, is that is that fun to play at home or whatever else as opposed to going to the destination?" Mm-hmm. And initially, I think we both said the same thing. Well, destination's always better, but in this case, and we we laid out those facts. AutoZone Liberty Bowl is going to pay you more, mm-hmm. and. If you are in front, and, and Jarvis and others uh, quickly reached out to me yesterday, and they're right, they did during the show, if you're in front of a home crowd or a, crowd, a sold-out crowd of 57, that's unlike anything you've done all season long, quite yeah. frankly. You, you've hoped for a crowd like that. So while it's not, you know, you're not going anywhere, it's literally being played in your black backyard, you're going to ride a bus there. Um, this opportunity to get maybe a, a packed AutoZone, uh, uh, a packed Simmons Bank for a packed Liberty Bowl, and would it frame the season differently and how we feel about Ryan Silverfield in terms of uh, still finished fourth yeah. in your conference, but would it change how we feel about the future under Ryan Silverfield? We'll see what happens with a contract extension or not. Would you feel better if, hey, you play Iowa State close, it's a close one like this, or say, hey, you win. Do you feel better about the trajectory of the program under Ryan Silverfield if you play well and if packed AutoZone Liberty Bowl against an Iowa State or, or some other Big 12. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it. 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.